I'm a handshake tater. I'm a spud with a plate. I'm a miracle that's greater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drunk tater. Don't be hater. Good morning. Welcome back to the Trump Tater this wonderful Wednesday morning. Um, just want to start out with uh, the Trump Tater hot take. I know I've been kind of all over there, not very consistent on my format here, and we will get that down shortly. And right now, <laughs> there's just so much out there uh, going on in my life and going on in the world that uh, there's some inconsistencies. But the hot take national cemeteries that they weren't going to do the wreath lane for our uh, soldiers. And uh, the organization that does this wreath lane was pretty upset about it. And I mean, this is something that they find value in and have dedicated their lives towards. And uh, so President Trump being the uh, Trump tater that he is uh, overturned that and said, there will be wreath laying this Christmas for our soldiers. So again, I just, um, I love our president. He's just absolutely incredible. I know he just gets all kinds of hate on a regular basis and, and everybody just focuses in of things taken out of context or little tweets and, they don't put him in the whole context of uh, of who he is and what he stands for, but uh, he definitely stands for our soldiers, for those who've died for our, our country, those that sacrificed so much uh, for our freedoms or have in the past. And so anyway, I just want to give a shout out to President Trump, ensuring that some Christmas joy by those who have made this their mission to make sure that there's wreaths laid at Christmas time on the graves of our soldiers um, I'm glad President Trump came out and, and defended that that tradition. And traditions are just an, crucially important for um, for a nation and for families. And and it seems like we're having all these traditions just ripped right out from underneath us. And uh, we've we've got to stand up for these traditions. And again, we can do so wisely. Um, this whole concept of um, of canceling Thanksgiving again, as someone who just lost a parent uh, to coronavirus, um, I think you know. Would I really want my mother to be Thanksgiving and Christmas alone in um, in this assisted living this year? And I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I know we can all endure tough things. Um, but human connection is just so essential. And when it's for this extended period of time, um, I, I just, you know, it's all a trade-off. And I think that people should be able to decide on what those trade-offs are. You know, there's some families that the trade-off, you know, could be, hey, we have a family member who's in a very vulnerable state right now, going to be able to recover from it, and we don't want to expose them to coronavirus. Um, there's others that say this is probably our last Christmas, our last Thanksgiving with our loved one. And, uh, they certainly should have the right to, to enjoy and celebrate those traditions, uh, with their family. So anyway, it, again, it, it goes to individual liberties and I'm all for giving me as much information to help me make good decisions. And, uh, and I think we have, a lot of intelligent people out there that can make the best decisions for their family. And unfortunately, with a lot of these mandates, um, I mean, we all have teenagers. <laughs> I shouldn't say we all have teenagers, but for those of us who do have teenagers or have gone through teenagers, uh, you know that if you tell them they can't do something, that it just really makes them want to do it. And unfortunately, a lot of that teenage spirit hasn't really died out from within us. None of us like to be told what we have to do that goes against our freedoms uh, in a way that um, it makes us just want to rebel. And so I, I, I do feel like some of that, again, if, if we're just giving us really good information, the best information you can give us and let us make good decisions. Now I'm one uh, as I go out and I'm very political. I definitely have a lot of friends who are in that total anti-mask mentality. I'm, I don't embrace that. Uh, I feel like you just got to use the best wisdom you can for yourself 
and for your family. And sometimes that means wearing a mask and sometimes it means maybe not wearing a mask, but I, I don't think you do something just to intentionally, uh, spite or defy, you know, um, the people who are trying to take away your freedoms just because, so just use wisdom in, in the decisions you're making. I mean, if, if I go into a grocery store again, I always wear, wear a mask if they require me to wear one, or I just won't shop there. And I, ha I get real anxiety with a mask. So I definitely understand and where people are coming from that, uh, don't want to wear a mask or, um, but I, I think the key thing is just showing a lot of mutual respect for one another. So didn't mean to get off on the whole mass tangent, but it just kind of thinking of Thanksgiving and Christmas, how do we um, maneuver our way through these things? Um, so one, something I want to uh, just share a little bit is with, with whoever may be listening out there is, uh, as I'm going through and looking at my mother's pictures and getting ready for her funeral. Um, she wrote a lot of poetry and so I'm just going to on occasion share some of the poetry that she wrote throughout her life that man, I just took for granted. I didn't, I didn't keep as much for keepsake, but I am finding little ones here and little ones there. And, um, so I think this one, um, applies to a lot of us in our families and maybe you can take it and, and share it with someone or, or give thought to the message in it. It's she labeled it misunderstood. I have felt misunderstood today by the things I've said and done. I can't take back my words and deeds for now the night has come. I hope when the words I say don't come out just right, that the person I've offended will simply take them very light. For the tongue and thoughts get twisted and sometimes the mind goes dim. I never meant to hurt another. I wished it were me and not him. Uh, our words are just really important. We've got to be careful with the words that we use in the way we frame things, both with our family and within the political uh, scene. So when you get on social media and you're wanting to express your thoughts, always be very mindful uh, of what you're saying and how it will uh, be taken. A again, that doesn't mean you should hold back on really expressing something that's important to you, but just be mindful of the words you use do impact others. And, uh, and also be mindful that sometimes, you know, people can say things that maybe don't represent the best of who they are. So I think this is a time uh, as we're going into the Thanksgiving and Christmas seasons that we can show a lot more, a lot more understanding and, and tolerance for our shortcomings of, to one another. So anyway, we're going to get on to um, this Senate hearing that took place yesterday with our social media giants. Uh, Brian, did you have a chance to watch any of that? No. Okay. So Ryan's not going to be able to help me out here. Sometimes he can dig in and help engage in some conversation, but uh, Mike Lee, uh, our Senator from Utah. So for those listening from here in Utah, Mike Lee, I think is really um, standing up on this. Sometimes I've got concern with Mike. He's definitely my favorite Senator because more on Mitt from Utah is not <laughs> my favorite Senator at all. And uh, so anyway, but Mike Lee sometimes has concerned me in the past because he seems to have a cozy relationship sometimes with the tech giants and, and of all the issues with Mike, that would be the one that concerns me. But yesterday and listening to him come out this morning, he really is coming out fighting and, and trying to, you know, we'll wait and see where it goes. Um, but um, he definitely the, the average citizen and specifically conservatives, the way he challenged, um, Google and Twitter and Facebook. That Google on what they would and would not allow to come forward. So I, I think there's some real criminal behavior in, in that collusion that they did. Um, but one of the is I've seen people deplatformed off these platforms. You think, well, you know, they did something they deserve to be deplatformed. But uh, having been someone that's um, tried to build up some social media from a business perspective, it takes a lot of time, a lot of, a lot of energy, a lot of trying to understand how the system works. And you put a lot of money into trying to get your platform built up. And so why this is important, uh, we're going to get into kind of what Mike Lee 
uh, challenged them on yesterday. And I think there's going to be some real possibilities of some lawsuits coming forward from conservatives and others who have been deplatformed. So when we get back on that, we're going to talk a little bit more about the implications of the Senate hearing and what it's going to mean for those that have invested a lot of their time and money in trying to build a business off our, off the social media platforms and uh, and talk a little bit about Candace Owens and a lawsuit she has going against Facebook. So we'll be back with the Trump Trader in just a minute. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC 83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Welcome back to the Trump Tater, back on this piece on our social media giants and why this is important. Um, again, a lot of people have uh, invested a significant amount of time. You know, some people use social media because they want to engage with friends and family, and it's a fun activity, it's a fun way to connect with others. Uh, but for the people who've actually invested uh, time and money into trying to build a business, because a lot of businesses in today's environment um, are um, are online. And so a lot of people uh, either building a sponsor or sell and 
social. So you, you put your money into this on building of your lives. Mark actual physical product. And so a lot of time goes into that. So one of the things that Michael Lee pointed out yesterday is the social media giants are promising this platform that's unencumbered in the sense that uh, judged on your belief system. Uh, They go understand that they have the right to um, to maybe not promote things on their business. Uh, now it shouldn't be based on political lines. If it is, then they don't. They aren't a mutual platform, so they're selling themselves as a mutual platform that's open to anyone and. Uh, and then they allow people uh, to spend their time and their money and their resources. And there's not fair guidelines on how, you know, what is and what is not. It's arbitrary on who their fact checkers are and how they're going to um, be able to manipulate the al algorithms in which your product's going to be seen over someone else's product, uh, not based on the amount of money or the timing of the day or other things that you might put into boosting your your post. So what Mike was saying on this is that it's not pre it's presented as a fair platform, but it's not treated as a fair platform. Uh, they they definitely, again, just the fact that they colluded in this uh, um, last election, in which they they anticipated that the impact of social media giants such as Google, who will hide derogatory. Uh, articles against Biden and emphasize derogatory articles against Trump on search engines. Um, Facebook that will allow some posts that are pro their candidate go and reach a lot more people while they minimize the impact of reach on pro Trump post. And some people estimate that that could impact or swing the election 15 million votes now, that's significant because uh, Biden supposedly only won by 3 million, uh, if he won, and I don't think he won by 3 million, but if he did, 3 million. So you look at a 15 million vote swing because of the impact of social media. And so there's a lot of legal implications on that because um, even though these are companies that are based out of America, and these aren't American companies. They're, they have a, a ton of foreign workers at these companies that don't have America's best interest at heart. These are companies whose worldwide interest uh, surpass that of their of their national interest. And so this type of collusion and that is not being documented uh, as a, a contribution in kind um, is dangerous. And uh, so they need to be held accountable to that. But the other, the other factor, like I mentioned, Candace Owens, and those of you who don't know who Candace Owens is, um, she three years ago uh, started basically out of frustration, what she called is the red pill podcast. And uh, she's a, a, a black American woman that uh, was Democrat, went into a serious amount of student loan debt, uh, getting her degree and, and then started reevaluating her uh, positions and where she's at and decided she was not liberal. And uh, so she started doing this podcast, which she's quickly kind of picked up and gained momentum. And now she's been a spokesperson for the Blexit movement, and that's black, uh, blacks leaving the Democratic Party. And uh, so anyway, Candace, again, is one of these people who've spent the last three, four years building up a platform and building up an audience for that platform and has been one that's been able to make her a good income. And uh, we're a capitalistic country. We should laud her for her ingenuity on being able to, uh, you know, articulate a message and build on a platform in which she has an audience to uh, speak to. But then uh, 
she all of a sudden got deplatformed, demonetized. And the reason I'm pick, specifically going to approach on Candace, I mean, we see Diamond and Silk, who are also two black American ladies that uh, are conservative. Uh, Terrence Williams, I mean, the list goes on on black conservatives on this. So I'm going to do this twofold. One is the black conservative voice on social media has been marginalized in such a horrific way. Um, so first I'll start with that is that these are black Americans who've tried to use the creativity of the internet to build a business, to build a platform, to be able to provide for their families and, um, and social media has shut their voice down, shut their voice down and shut their income down, income stream um, has harmed them, uh, harmed them, physically harmed them on being able to provide for their families and to provide for themselves. This is serious. <laughs> it's, 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 this, this particular one has multiple la- layers in there. One, it's the conservative voice that they've limited. But two, they, they've implemented and basically have said blacks only have a voice on our platforms if they're speaking the right message and how dangerous that is. And uh, because, again, this is something I've put a lot of time and years into reaching out and trying to bring in more blacks into the Republican Party. I have watched this time and time again where where black voices are so marginalized when they're conservative, uh, when they go out of the box in which they've been told that they have to keep their narrative in. And uh, and there is an absolute ton of black conservatives out there right now and a Facebook and these social media platforms that claim that they're unbiased in their uh, free market. Um, uh, if they had not limited these black conservative voices, we would have even seen more gains within the black American community uh, voting for Trump this year. So anyway, face all, all these platforms again uh it's not just like they're convenient little tools for us to be able to connect with each other these are platforms that have made billions billions of dollars uh, off advertisement um off of selling our data to advertisers based based on our search engine um our searches that we do or the things that we're interested in or things we express or the posts that we make, they take all this data and they're able to manipulate that data and make a ton of money off of it. And they utilize uh, the ads that businesses and influencers um, make and pay for uh, to, you know, provide them with a very lucrative uh company. So, so again, this isn't little stuff. This is big, big, big stuff that uh, obviously Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, what is he worth now? I mean, in the billions and millions of dollars, $50 billion or something, some odd like that because of the Facebook platform. So anyway, when we get back, we're going to just going to discuss this a little bit more on how this impacts us and why they need to be held accountable. Back on the Trump here. <laughs> Radio News with Lance Pry. With lots of ifs. If President Trump runs out of lawsuits, if Biden is certified president, that will create a vacancy in California's Senate seat held by Kamala Harris. Black Lives Matter on their global website is insisting Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom put a black woman in the Senate seat, noting without Harris, there are no black women in the Senate. Political pundit Candace Owens weighs in on Fox. And I believe you're going to see that Gavin Newsom will do as they say. This is what happens when you don't have a spine to stand up to people in the beginning. You know, when 
they're rioting and looting and you're calling this a peaceful protest. Uh, this is what happens in the end. You start to manifest this idea that they are in power and they are in control and you are puppets in office that would do their bidding. Governor Newsom says he has plenty of time. No timeline's been established. Process is just beginning to unfold. We are working through uh, the cattle call of considerations uh, related to uh, what's the uh, profile, right choice to replace Senator Harris. USA Radio News. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. Each policy points and availability vary by state. Georgia election official Gabriel Sterling announced Tuesday more ballots have been found and not counted on the November 3rd election. The human beings that are part of this are the weakest link in the whole system. But that's why there's these checks and double checks and triple checks that we do before we finalize the audit phase of this. Sterling says the two irregularities were not related. This is a slightly different situation from Floyd. These were scanned votes that are on a memory card, whereas Floyd were a, a box of unscanned votes. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McNaney claims a third county is reporting irregularities. There's reporting that in a third county in Georgia, in Walton County, they have found the same issue, a memory card that was not registered with votes. And guess what? These votes favor President Donald J. Trump. What is going on here? Every American should be concerned. President Trump Tuesday filed another lawsuit in Carson City, Nevada, claiming over 15,000 votes were cast by people that moved out of state and voted in their new home state. USA Radio News. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I'm Jamie Renda. Again, I'm missing my co-host, Dallin Johnson, uh, still out with his torn ACL. Yep, I always make sure I get that acronym right there. Um, anyway, we're talking about social media and the influence and why it matters. Uh, one, social media knows you better than your husband or your wife does, knows your kids better than you do. <laughs> the, these are dangerous platforms if they're not, don't have some restraints put on them on what they can do and, uh, with our information and uh, with the knowledge that they, they gain off of our, our searches, our posts. Uh, when we post, how often we post, uh, there's a lot of information that that they get, a lot of um, mental warfare that is uh, extracted and to, to be used perhaps against us and uh, definitely against us when it comes to influences our, our political thought processes and who we're going to elect. And, and uh, so I, I'm just absolutely amazed, actually, that 71 billion Ameri- million Americans um, were not influenced by the great effort that social media put into there. So anyway, kudos to my fellow conservatives out there who did not allow social media to influence them. Because oftentimes when you feel you're in the minority, um, you're more easily persuaded that maybe I'm wrong. And uh, so, again, I I brought up, I think, yesterday how somebody challenged me on social media to how can I um, turn away from um, both Democrats and Republicans, the intelligence community, the the media, um, even former staff members of President Trump, and, you know, the list kind of went on and uh, still support Trump over all these things. And, you know, it's a very good question because it's tough because <laughs> you're thinking, am I the crazy one here? And uh, and so that was the implication is, you know, that I'm the crazy one because I'm kind of going against all these things. So yesterday 
um, President Trump fired um, the Department of Homeland Security that's over the elections because he came out and basically said that uh, the elections were the most had the most integrity, da 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 da, and uh, undermined Trump's message on the fraudulent activity that took place in our elections. So again, you know, a reasonable person might say, "Well, you're really crazy." You know, here he is. He's firing the very person that was over elections who said the elections were honorable and honest and and uh, had a lot of integrity. And yet he fired this person and you're still going to go with him. So, again, it does put us, you know, from an outside looking in into this crazy boat. <laughs> and so it really makes you wonder. But what scares me is they're right. Um, I am going against all the things that they listed and believing in Trump, because I've watched what's happened to Trump and the motivation, what's happened to Trump. But it's what Trump stands for. It's it's not just Donald J. Trump. It's what Trump stands for. Um, you look at General Flynn, an honorable three-star general that served his country with honor and dignity that has had his life destroyed and attempted to have the lives of his family members destroyed. You look in uh, Wayne County, Michigan last night, in which you had two Republicans and two Democrats who voted on opposite sides of certifying the election, and they weren't going to certify it. And all of a sudden, one of the uh, Republican candidates had his home doxxed, his workplace doxxed, uh, his wife's workplace doxxed, his children's school doxxed, and threats made against him and his family. Um, and then all of a sudden, the Republicans came together with the Democrats and agreed to certify the election. However, that was not on the public Zoom meeting. All of a sudden, the public Zoom meeting went dark. And so you see these things happen and you wonder, how are we ever going to have good men and women run for government when there's so much corruption out there? How are we going to have another person? I mean, there's no person out there that could have endured. Very, I mean, very, I shouldn't say no. Obviously, we had Donald Trump that's endured it and hopefully he can continue to endure it. But there's very few people of the financial means and the personality that can endure what Trump went through these last four years. And uh, so you're going to have more limited people willing to put themselves out there knowing some of the opposition that's against them and trying to truly make changes that need to be made. But I look at this Homeland Security person that was fired. And so I think, how deep does this go? Well, obviously, these Dominion voting machines were created by us, by our intelligence community, to influence the elections uh, overseas. So, you know, we went on this four, you know, two and a half year tangent of, uh, Russia collusion uh, with Donald J. Trump. Uh, like, you know, this is horrible thing. And it is horrible, but yet, you know, we're out there doing it. We're out there. Uh, America's out there doing it to these other countries. And we developed these voting machines to intentionally impact the true democracy of our, of, of these other countries out there. And Venezuela uh, being one of those countries. And now look at the you know, President Trump's gotten uh, trouble in the past by referring to some countries in derogatory terms. But Venezuela truly is one of those derogatory terms right now. It's horrible. And it was once one of the most thriving countries in Central America. Um, so, again, I mean, they have all kinds of natural uh, oil and resources, and they were doing great. Their middle class was escalating. And... Um, they were a rich country, and now they're in shambles. Uh, thanks to our voting systems, Dominion took us there because they continued to elect Chico Chavez. And so you, you just look at the mind control there that we exercised over the people of Venezuela in their elections. And, uh, and we've used these voting machines in other places as well. So Sidney Powell, I don't know who how many people out there know who Sidney Powell is, but she was the attorney that came in and represented General Flynn at the very end, pulled back his plea deal and said, this man's not guilty. And she dug and she got the resources and, and uh, to really hold the courts accountable of what they did to General Flynn, not to the, and she actually got it where his conviction was 
or the uh, indictment was overturned. And then a judge came in and said, you can't do that. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, Sidney Powell is a rock. She is an incredible inter- attorney, and she's one that's representing Trump in this um, election fraud. And so when she comes out and says they have the goods, I tend to have to believe her. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard her say something that hasn't came to pass. So anyway, we need to continue holding out hope these next few weeks. You know, it may be some redundancy on the program, but I just want to, you know, encourage all of my listeners out there to keep the hope alive. Um, we need hope right now. And so that that's our current, um, you know, hope that we can put out there is that we're going to be able to beat this fraud because if Biden's elected, it's going to be very hard uh, to weed this fraud out. I think if Trump can get elected as hard as it's going to be on our country, and it will be hard, there will be so much chaos in the streets. But once that settles down, uh, I think we'll be able to move forward in a positive way. And or at least I hope that that would be the case. It just depends on how much, you know, they want to continue to um to undermine Trump throughout this next term if he is uh, elected or is able to get elected again or be in office for four more years. But anyway, hold out hope that Sidney Powell has the Kraken to unleash, as she put it in her interview with Lou Dobbs. And uh, again, she's just a very smart, sharp woman. And I believe that she she does have something there or she would not be articulating that she did. It, it, we just have, unfortunately, we only have um, less than a month to make this happen. Uh, so we need to pick up the time pace. But the fact that President Trump's been kind of quiet the last few days, um, I think, is a good sign in a lot of ways. Um, people are being critical that I guess he's done some exploration on what he needs to do to be able to um, pardon himself and his family members. And they're saying, well, you don't do that if you're an innocent man. Well, you do when you've had the type of crap going against you for four years that they've had going against and knowing how vindictive and mean that uh, these leftists are. And as Biden has shown some um, thought that he's not going to pursue criminal action against Trump and his family, that the leftists came in very hard against that. So anyway, um, I, I don't think that's unreasonable for Trump to be exploring that in case things don't work out. And so anyway, we're going to get back uh, and, and discuss this. And we're also going to discuss Megyn Kelly and uh, her her change of heart towards President Trump, um, the direction she's going with raising her kids and moving out, out of New York. So we'll be back in the Trump Twitter in just a minute. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they are not insurance. 
so you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome back to the Trump Dinner here. I find myself in this last segment of our program today. Um, just want to talk about Megyn Kelly for a minute. As we all know on that first debate back in 2016, when Megyn Kelly challenged Trump on uh, his treatment of women, uh, it became quite a contentious moment between the two of them. And, and she ended up, Trump, that's another one that Trump took down. <laughs> I'm being very consistent on and I can, I can see Trump's, you know, to me, uh, everybody says, well, how can you like Trump the way he treats women? Well, to me, Trump is an equal opportunity offender. Uh, he does not treat women any different than he would treat men. And so sometimes I think women, you know, they say we want to be equal and we want to be treated, you know, the same. But when someone like a businessman like Donald Trump comes in a place that truly treats probably his female employees the same as he does his male employees on expectation, everything else. Um, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, they're mean, they're mean to women. And now granted, you also have some of the sexualization, uh, things that are thrown, uh, Trump's way. But as far as in the workplace, I don't recall him ever being accused of, of having, um, really harassing. It seems like he had a very good relationship and working relationship with many female executives that he elevated in his businesses. But anyway, that's neither here nor there other than talking about Megyn Kelly and kind of her, uh, her journey these past four years. So she left, she left Fox news. She went on, I believe MSNBC. Uh, She was quickly, uh, her ratings weren't that great and they were looking for an excuse to get rid of her. And I think she mentioned at some point, I can't remember exactly what it was, but she mentioned something about blackface um, as a kid or somebody and uh, not talking about it and justifying, but just, I think, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, whether she, I don't, I don't think she, she did blackface herself exactly, but I think it was during the time that the governor of Virginia. Anyway, she just mentioned something on there. And so she was basically a uh, a product of our um, cancel culture. And uh, so she's kind of pushed out. She's been doing her own platform for a while, her own podcast, but watching her come full circle uh, on her support of Trump right now and uh, what Trump stands for. And again, that it's not Trump. It's what Trump stands for. It's it's the movement that he's created and the the fact that he's been willing to to stand up and fight for our freedoms, fight for fair treatment, fight for our jobs, uh, hold foreign countries accountable, not selling us out to China and to other countries. I mean, he's just making NATO pay their fair share 
of protection that we offer as a as a collective in NATO and not where America's, uh, you know, covering all the costs on that, both financially and with our soldiers. So anyway, Megan Kelly lives in New York. And uh, so I'm just going to go back. I was in New York a few weeks ago and went downtown and went to the uh, 9-11 memorials and uh, the tw- Twin Towers and went uh, also, you know, I just kind of walked around downtown New York and it was dead. There was nobody out on the streets. Now, granted, we were there early in the day. But when I say dead, I mean, I can show you pictures and you may see a person in those pictures on occasion on one or two of the pictures. I mean, there was nobody, nobody downtown New York. And I say this because there's been, I think, 800,000 people I'm trying to remember the exact number, but it was big. Um, 500, 800. There's been, I mean, close to or right around the perimeter of five and a half million people leave New York, permanently leave New York um, since this pandemic, uh, since the racial violence and outbreaks of uh, people being attacked on the streets and, and everything. There's been 500,000 people leave. New York. So in saying this, um, New York's going to, you know, there was a, a, an article that was written, I don't know, about a month ago, and my husband and I were reading it, is that this time New York may not come back. That uh, And so they read all these different things on, on why New York won't come back. And I kind of, you know, after going there, I thought, hey, man, maybe they're right. Maybe it's not coming back. But so Megan Kelly uh, decided this week she pulled her kids out of the school. And the reason she pulled her kids out of school is their extreme uh, racial justice uh, programming, specifically towards white children. And uh, so it's my belief system, because, again, this has been a heartfelt passion of mine for years to reach out. And I've recognized and I see some of the problems within black America. When I say black America, I hate kind of using those words, but I don't know how else to describe it, but that black Americans face and uh, that a lot of Americans may not be understanding too. But um, when we created these environments predominantly again in inner cities that are, that are governed by Democrats in states that are governed by Democrats, who've left uh, a whole population of people in this redundant cycle of basically socialism, being dependent upon the government for everything that they have, uh, going to failing school districts and not having the economic opportunities. And so when you're in this collective momentum um, or this inertia that just keeps on going, it's hard to break out of that. It's hard to break out of that cycle and uh, so it creates a lot of despair and hopelessness. And so anyway, there, there's some problems, and I've been aware of those problems. I've been trying to reach out to my fellow conservatives and Republicans for years and saying, you know, we've got to do something here. I mean, because we value life, and uh, and we should value all life, all human life, and try to, to, to make sure that everyone in America has the opportunity to experience uh, the greatness of America. So in saying that, uh, I think you can recognize that there's some problems and find ways to uplift people. But oftentimes in some cultures and society uh, or mentalities, uh, you bring other people down. The The concept is not necessarily uplifting people, but in order to get the same playing field is to bring other people down. And, and that's where I see this whole... Um, antagonistic view of white culture or um, that has been, you know, it's to, to make it to shame uh, uh, Caucasians and to, to somehow bring them down where we should be looking at trying to elevate other people up. And so anyway, she's seen this in her school system 20 years ago. And I, I don't have much time when I uh, was involved with and started the organization that brought the Confederate flags down in South Carolina uh, off the dome. And now the house and Senate chambers, I had all kinds of hate mail uh, predominantly from conservatives uh, telling me how I hate my, uh, my ancestry and how I'm ashamed of my white heritage and all these derogatory things. I thought, oh, my gosh, and how uh, 
and I thought these people are crazy. But here, 20 years later, I mean, the very thing that they were accusing me of and uh, and saying is going to happen has actually happened. So we have to be uh, be careful that we can do the right thing. Um, oh, I'm going to have to. Uh, I just got the two minute warning. So I'm going to wrap up this story on uh, Megan Kelly. So she decided because here I'm going to. She says it's so out of control on so many levels. And after years of resisting it, we're going to leave the city. We pulled our boys from their school and our daughter is going to be leaving her soon. The schools have always been far left, which doesn't align with my own ideology, but I really didn't care. Most of my friends are liberals and it's fine. I come from a family of Democrats. Um, Let me go on. Oh, I'm trying to find the part where um, she she basically said that uh, the schools are calling for radical reformation and teaching on white the reform of white children, and uh, in the, the way it's approached, she just felt like it was going to be detrimental. I have a sister who has a daughter, just a beautiful, beautiful girl that's going to the University of Texas right now. That recently, um, that you know, she the, anyway, I don't even know how to pack it into the last minute, but it's tough because a lot of these kids are feeling shame from the things that they're being taught, and that's just not a healthy way to even be able to go about and extend a helping hand to someone when you're feeling shamed about who you are. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow and how we can approach and uh, be able to solve the problems around us without having to feel uh, ashamed for who we are and that we can elevate others around us. So anyway, sorry, I had to cut this segment short, but uh, tomorrow we can go on and elaborate a little bit more on that and what's uh, motivating Megan Kelly and others to leave New York and others, some of these other liberal cities. So we'll see you back on the Trump Tater tomorrow. 